Hi everyone, welcome back to the MedBullet Step 2 and 3 podcast. In today's episode, we cover the topic of hereditary hemorrhagic telangiectasia found under the cardiovascular section at medbullets.com. Let's begin with a clinical snapshot. A 55-year-old man presents to the emergency department after developing acute left-sided weakness and slurred speech. Medical history is significant for hypertension, multiple episodes of epistaxis, and gastrointestinal telangiectasias that resulted in iron deficiency anemia. On physical exam, the patient has marked left-sided weakness, slurred speech, and hemineglect. He also has multiple telangiectasias on the lips. A non-contrast head CT demonstrates a right-sided hemorrhagic stroke. Let's continue with an introduction to hereditary hemorrhagic telangiectasia. This is defined as an autosomal dominant vascular disorder, and this disorder is characterized by epistaxis, arteriovenous malformations, or AVMs, and telangiectasias. In terms of the pathophysiology, there's an autosomal dominant genetic mutation that results in abnormal vasculature, such as AVMs. Moving on to the presentation, patients may present with epistaxis, and patients can have recurrent episodes. There may be visceral lesions, such as gastrointestinal telangiectasias, pulmonary AVMs, which can result in embolic stroke and cerebral abscess, and this results by the AVM creating a path for venous blood to bypass the pulmonary circulation, and there may be cerebral AVMs, which can result in hemorrhagic stroke. Patients may also present with telangiectasias. In terms of further studies, one may note iron deficiency anemia, which is secondary to blood loss. With regards to treatment, management is directed at the site of involvement. For example, nasal lubrication and laser treatment for epistaxis. And lastly, complications related to hereditary hemorrhagic telangiectasia include hemorrhagic and embolic stroke, iron deficiency anemia, gastrointestinal bleeding, and pulmonary hypertension. Now that we've discussed the major points relating to hereditary hemorrhagic telangiectasia, Let's walk through a question to apply what we've learned and get a sense of how the topic might be tested. For this question, consider the following clinical scenario. A 57-year-old man presents to the emergency department for right-sided weakness and slurred speech. He was eating breakfast with his wife when he acutely developed difficulty holding his fork in his right hand and started slurring his speech. He eventually fell to the ground on a carpeted floor. His past medical history is significant for hypertension, hypercholesterolemia, multiple episodes of epistaxis, migraine headaches, and iron deficiency anemia. His father died from a hemorrhagic stroke when he was 60 years of age and had gastrointestinal bleeding. On physical exam, he has right-sided weakness, slurred speech, and is aphasic. He is also noted to have multiple telangiectasias throughout his lips. Laboratory testing is significant for a hemoglobin of 20 and a hematocrit of 60%. An electrocardiogram demonstrates sinus rhythm with mild tachycardia. A non-contrast head CT is obtained, which demonstrates a left MCA infarction. Which of the following is the most likely cause of this patient's symptoms? And the answer choices are Choice 1. Cardiac arrhythmia Choice 2. Head trauma Choice 3. Hemorrhagic stroke Choice 4, pulmonary arteriovenous malformations, or choice 5, transient ischemic attack.
the best answer to this question is choice four, pulmonary arteriovenous malformations. This patient's middle cerebral artery infarction, history of recurrent epistaxis, iron deficiency anemia, telangiectasias of the lips, and a family history of intracerebral and gastrointestinal bleeding is concerning for hereditary hemorrhagic telangiectasias. He likely has a pulmonary arteriovenous malformation that resulted in an MCA stroke from a paradoxical embolus. HHT, also known as Osler-Weber-Rondu syndrome, is an autosomal dominant disorder characterized by recurrent epistaxis, telangiectasias, and vascular malformations. Pulmonary AVMs create a right-to-left shunt that do not allow the pulmonary arteries to be oxygenated and a path for paradoxical emboli that may result in cerebral complications. The hypoxemia results in secondary polycythemia, which is seen in this patient. The pulmonary AVMs are typically clinically silent. There also seems to be an increased prevalence of migraine headaches in patients with pulmonary AVMs. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice 1. Cardiac arrhythmia is not likely in this patient, given the lack of a significant cardiac history and an otherwise normal ECG. Choice 2. Head trauma is unlikely given the cerebral hypodensity and the distribution of the left MCA. Choice 3. Hemorrhagic strokes typically present with hyperdense lesions on non-contrast head CT. Choice 5. A transient ischemic attack would present with normal head imaging. Finally, a bullet summary. HHT presents with recurrent epistaxis, telangiectasias, AVMs, and a first-degree relative with HHT. That's all for this review about hereditary hemorrhagic telangiectasia. We hope that was helpful. This is the MedBullets Step 2 and 3 podcast, a daily audio review session for MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. As a reminder, you can follow along with these podcast episodes by reviewing the topics directly on MedBullets.com. You can listen to these episodes on the MedBullets website or phone app while reading through the topic. If the MedBullets podcast has been valuable to you, we'd be thrilled if you consider leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here, on the MedBullets Step 2 and 3 podcast.